episode 75, Schindler's List. Now, I'm not going to do any music or shout-outs for this episode because I feel like this episode needs a bit more gravity than that, you know? Because Schindler's List is one of the most powerful films that I've seen in a very, very long time. And, in fact, I, I, believe, it was, uh, I believe it was Tessa who, uh, who bought it, watched it, and she said she cried during it. Now, I'm a hard person to make cry during a movie, but this movie did it, okay? For those who don't know about Schindler's List, I'm going to go with the... I'm still going to do the spoiler-free thing. But, yeah, this episode will be explicit, and also the film is incredibly confronting. So with that out of the way, fuck, it was powerful. Honestly, I think this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And it's going to be, it's going to be at least, uh, what, two years until I view it again, if I can view it again. It's a powerful, powerful movie about a man who, uh, who basically saves uh, Jewish people from the Nazis and uh, gets them to work for him. That's what I can say without spoiling it. It's based on a uh, true story. And this man's named Oscar Schindler, who's played by Liam Neeson. Now, yeah, I uh, I was hoping not to uh, speak too fast. You know, if I was speaking, s- yeah. Look, it as long as I'm getting my points across. But I loved this film. I loved the cinematography. I loved the direction. I love how Spielberg, uh, just on a technical note here, I love how he... Uh, as usual, combines multiple shots into one. You'll see multiple shot compositions in the one extended take, which he doesn't expect you to notice. He does it in uh, Catch Me If You Can. He does it in the... Oh, what else? Well, a lot of his movies, Jaws. I'm sure Jurassic Park might have one, but I forgot where. (laughs) Raiders of the Lost Ark definitely has one when uh, Karen Allen's taking a drink. But back to Schindler's List. Well... Okay, that was a bit of levity there, I guess. You know, a a lighter fact, but I'm going to go into spoiler territory because rather than describe every single technical note I can think of, I want to describe how this movie made me feel. And yes, you got the basics and you think, George, too long, didn't listen. But hear me out, okay? I think that this film should be viewed by everyone and from here on in, massive spoilers. You have been warned. I think that... uh, the scene that really got to me here was uh, when the survivors of the uh, Holocaust came up to uh, Oscar Schindler's grave at the end and uh, they put all the rocks onto the grave. Initially in the theatrical version, this was uh, juxtaposed with the actors playing the characters, but I reckon it works better as it does on my Blu-ray edition, which is they uh, have the names just below when each person appears, like real person, you know? I love whenever they use colour in the film. The candles, the, you know, the girl in the red coat. That's a particularly sad example, as you find her dead later. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, this, this film made me realise how lucky I am. How lucky we are to be in the situation we are. We must never forget tragedy of the past. We must never let bad history repeat itself. We must learn from our mistakes and this film affected me like no other. The other bit where I, I swear I shed a few tears, like literally shed a few tears. Again, it's rare for me, but during that whole scene in the middle where there's just, uh, there's just uh, one person being killed after the other, that is incredibly heartbreaking to witness. Now, I personally have been to a Holocaust museum and I've met a real survivor 
who uh, survived through Auschwitz, or Auschwitz, I really hope I got the pronunciation right there, but you do get my point. I think it's uh, Auschwitz, yeah. But I, I highly, I highly respect, you know, everybody, everybody of every race, every, uh, every gender, you, you know, whatever. I don't care what race or gender you are. I just want discrimination to end in this world. All the internet trolls that I see who are racist and sexist and misogynist, they should be made to watch a film like this. Because this is, a, is the ultimate film that shows discrimination just is not right. Discrimination will not be tolerated. Won't be accepted in any form, okay? But yes, this film really made me open my eyes. Like, it brought... Like, I was... I I actually, it was a bit of a challenge to even put the disc in the player because having been to a Holocaust museum, I know how sad these events were. I know that that caused me to really tear up. And, you know, I think it's one of the worst tragedies of mankind, personally. <sighs> Unfortunately, tragedies happen, but we must always remember them as to never repeat them. But this, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this film. It's just, I really, I really just think that uh, it's really interesting in terms of how they, uh, that Schindler doesn't start out as the most sympathetic guy in terms of uh, storytelling. But then he, uh, he, like, when he's making the list and stuff, uh, he becomes more sympathetic, more toward the second half of the film, sort of a duality, you know? I'm I'm not sure I could really say this has a three-act structure, maybe loosely. I reckon it fits more in the two-act structure, you know? I know I said I wouldn't get into technical things, but, you know, I feel like that I should uh, kind of review the film that way too. There's some beautiful cinematography, uh, but there's one shot that stuns me, seriously stuns me, and that is when the candle smoke goes up, when it transfers to, to colour and it match cuts to the uh, smoke billowing from the steam train. Now that is a great transition. This film is really well edited, well made. The composition is perfect. They use uh, chiaroscuro. They have beautiful black and white cinematography, the likes of which you would see in Casablanca or Citizen Kane. And yeah, Spielberg originally wanted to approach this like a documentary, so he did. He filmed on black and white film stock. And, you know, he even asked, this This was such a personal project. And, you know, because Steven Spielberg is Jewish, this is an extremely personal project for him. And he asked not to be paid for his directing job. And also... While he was filming Schindler's List, he would uh, he would call up Robin Williams to cheer him up because of how depressing filming it was. He did say that on set, everyone was nice. And that's really good. Honestly, I just, I love when people get along on a set, particularly to, to deliver an important message like this. It is absolutely fantastic. This movie is absolutely essential. I'm glad I own it, but I'm probably not going to touch it again for five years, honestly after how much it made me just burst into tears. <sighs> this movie could change lives. This movie, this movie could just, 
Wow. I think that it's Steven Spielberg's best film ever. And I know that's saying a lot. There's E.T., there's Jaws, there's Close Encounters... Sorry, Close Encounters... Sorry, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Sorry, I'm just kind of struggling to speak a little. Because, you know, before this podcast, I actually... I was watching the ending of the film and uh, the credits came on and I bawled like a baby. I literally could not console myself for a good several minutes. And, you know, I... uh, I was trying to, uh, there's nothing wrong with crying, but I was trying to refrain from uncontrollably crying on this uh, episode so that uh, I could, you know, say stuff to you because, you know, yeah, that that's just me though. Um, by the way, I would like to thank everybody for their support. That means you, Tessa, Lucy, Ash, Lee, Ashley, yep, um, uh, Sarah, Liz, just everyone, Mary, Patrick, thank you all. And, you know, I would like to thank all of your support. And I'm not going to do my catchphrase signing out because, you know, I like when Chris Duckman does a more serious video or, in this case, my podcast. If I'm doing a more serious podcast, I feel like it's too, you know, it kind of takes you out of the mood. Although, yeah, I mean, I guess my end slogan does apply in a way, like, you know, we need to tell these stories. We need to, if, if, the, if there's a story that's really, really personal to you and you feel like you must tell it, if you want to inspire, if you want to innovate, if you want to create, we need your voice because you can change things for the better. Now, I reckon that is as true as any time I've said it, especially now, because Stephen found a story that was personal to many people and to him, and the best stuff comes from when you when you dig in deep and you find something extremely personal and then you translate it into film and you and you uh, dig your way into the hearts of the film going audience you know that is that is the best that is the best feeling when you know someone is passionate about something and that's what i want you to do no matter what it is, like, if you want to write a script, okay, I don't, I don't care how crappy the script turns out, you can always rewrite it, okay, like, think of something personal, okay, and then channel it into a short script, or however long you want to do, just keep writing, and, you know, it would be, it's, it's going to be better than if you just tried to write some, uh, soulless episode where you, sorry, not, not episode, soulless film where you couldn't relate to, or, I mean, I guess that can be okay if you're writing an adventure film like Indiana Jones or something. Not, No, that's not Solace at all. That's not what I meant. But, you know, if you're writing an adventure film like Indiana Jones, there's, there's like a different kind of soul. Personal things don't just have to be sad things when you think about it. Personal things can also be happy memories or anger or even, you know, like if you want a character to get angry, you know, characters may act differently to you. Think... Think of a situation you were in and think, how would this character react if I throw him into this situation, you know? I know I'm getting off track there, but, you know, I often make these big, grandiose speeches in the middle of random podcasts. But yeah, I uh, I really think that if you somehow have not seen Schindler's List and you've got to this point in the review, I'm sorry that you, well, you know, you should have looked out for the spoiler warning. (laughs) Uh, But honestly, 
everyone should view this film. Literally everybody. I know one of you is probably, well, one of you is probably thinking, if you've seen Leon the Professional, you're probably thinking, everyone! <laughs> I know there's at least uh, one fan of them out there. Sorry if this episode has more filler than usual. And again, you know, thank you guys so much for being the most supportive people I know. Well, this side of my family, of course, and my friends and, you know, <laughs> ah, yeah. this is what the collective is really for, you know, just uh, I, it was in terms of my mental health, I will be nothing but honest with you guys. OK, so this is sort of going to turn into a Dear Diary sort of thing, as well as kind of reviewing Schindler's List, because I think I've said most of the things on Schindler's List, but if another thing comes up, then that's okay. I can put it into conversation. Uh, yeah, but I, I will be nothing but honest about my mental health. I have anxiety and uh, depression. They hit at different times. I uh, crush pills and I drink them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I do. I, uh, you know, my passion's movies. The more I learn about movies, the more I see these directors, these interviews with uh, Tarantino, Scorsese, Spielberg... I always, I, I just get inspired. Whenever I see their techniques in action, I get inspired. Whenever I see their personalities just seem to shine through in their work in some capacity, I am fucking inspired. You know, I just, I, I love when people are dedicated to the craft, whether it's for entertainment or art or both. To me, art is just, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Art is, you know, all films are art, technically. Some people call them movies, some people call them films, some people have the movie-film divide. But uh, honestly, I think those words are interchangeable, and I think that film, no matter, even if it's like Twilight or The Phantom Menace, it's still art, you know, even if it's Grease 2, even if it's, uh, uh, I know, Tessa, you hate Armageddon, and I know that, uh, uh, you know, people out there hate... Uh, latter-day Adam Sandler comedies like uh, Grown Ups or uh, Jack and Jill. Well, mercy, I've never seen Jack and Jill. <laughs> but yeah, you know, honestly, I, uh, I'm i getting distracted from even that point, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling on. I'm just, I always experiment with my podcasts, you know? In fact, I'm going to name this episode like uh, Schindler, Schindler's List plus... Uh, uh, a bit of a vocal diary or something like that. It the f- the final title may change depending, you know. But it's just great to have you guys. I love your support. I love the fact that you're always here, and you know, thank you so much. It was uh, it was Valentine's Day, and it was Valentine's Day weekend a while ago. Now I think it was four days ago, three days ago. But yeah, honestly, I think that. Uh, that really, I was busy that weekend and that really stressed me out. And then I was worried about you guys and you would, I was thinking, you know, you guys are going to kill me if I don't put it out an episode, which I asked you guys and you were fine. And, uh, I really, I can't express enough how grateful I am to you guys. You know, I just, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, 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 I don't know what to say. I'm I'm humbled, I'm flattered, and I really, really thank you. You know, people saying, we'll still be here when you come back. Look after yourself, buddy. Take care of yourself, George. Oh, that is amazing. I am really, really grateful for you guys. And, 
you know, I'm going to look, look, I've been nothing but honest with you and you're being nothing but honest with me. And that is perfect. That is one of my missions with this collective. One of my absolute missions. Okay. And yeah, I, uh, I really, I really loved, uh, at Ash Not a Tree's comment here. Please don't feel you need to say sorry. You're not doing any wrong. We look after ourselves when we are ill or injured. We don't say sorry for not riding a bike with a broken leg. I hope you feel better soon. X. And uh, yeah, that was probably my absolute favorite comment from this whole thread. Of course, uh, Lucy helped me feel better because (laughs) of the joke she made that I produce episodes faster than uh, rabbits produce babies. That was just... (laughs) That was hilarious, and especially now that I've seen Schindler's List, I need a bit of cheering up after that devastating film. You know, you know, like you 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 stay in the mindset of a devastating film, sure, and you and you you cry, you're sad, and you feel all this emotion, and you it's cathartic to let the emotion out because immediately after crying, you know, you're thinking, "Hey, I'm grateful for the world," and then in a paradoxical way, you're sort of happy, you know, not, you know, there's nothing happy about uh, Schindler's List, obviously, but, you know, you, you, you're sad for the people. And yet paradoxically, you can, you can have a glimpse of happiness for the way that you are lucky to live the way you are living. You know, that's what I mean. I do not intend to be disrespectful whatsoever, but yeah. Oh man, this is, this really is a Dear Diary sort of thing. Um, You guys, uh, I've linked to uh, Zach Ascot's interview with me a while ago. If you haven't seen it yet, then definitely check it out. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that actually I'm going to put a bit of a bonus in here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, how, how movies affect mental health. You know, there's, I know that I'm supposed to do a separate episode for this, but I'm just going to do it now, okay? So, movies about, well, how they affect mental health. You know, stuff like Uncut Gems, Punch Drunk Love, they can uh, really affect you on an anxiety level, you know? Um, I'm pretty sure that there's got to be a list out there somewhere dealing with uh, what films make you anxious, you know? Uh, Yeah, but, you know, films can really just make you bowl your eyes out, Schindler's List. Some of the best films have uh, multiple elements to them, obviously. I mean, different days you feel like different kind of films, you know. I, I'm i not always going to feel like uh, something as light as uh, the Peanuts movie or Curious George or something like that, or, or, or Elf, you know. But yeah, it's interesting to see how movies affect viewers. There's, a, there's the age-old debate that... Uh, you know, uh, violence in media. Some people say, you know, it's up to responsible parents, and some people say media is too violent. Yeah, I think there's a middle ground. You know, people should only be seeing what's appropriate, and people, you know, parents are responsible, obviously, and, you know, that's just my opinion. That, yeah, if they teach the kids the right things, if they teach them the right moral values and everything, you know, that's that's all good, you know. In fact, yeah, I I reckon that uh, films, in my opinion, that show violence in in a messy manner, in a in a brutal manner, like uh, yes, Schindler's List, that type of violence is absolutely. It's better to do it that way than to have it clean. You know, 
clean can work for some things, like if you're a Hitchcock film or a Nolan film. But, you know, sometimes it, it isn't just Schindler's List. It's also anything that's striving for another kind of realism, like not to, not to you know, verisimilitude or anything like that. But in a way, its own sort of realism, you know, like a fight club or, a, you know, that sort of thing. And that's just my opinion, you know. And yeah, well, I think that uh, I'm, I'm more going to talk about now how film Twitter affects your mental health in positive and negative ways, mostly positive. You know, obviously, I've shouted out uh, Tessa Lee Slade, uh, film Mamatic. I'm not going to do the full shout out list in the episode because, again, it's more it's more serious because, you know, I don't want to jazz up an episode where I mention uh, Schindler's List, you know. I want to have the gravity of that, I guess. But yeah, again, it's rambling and this podcast is completely experimental and you're probably listening to it on the way to work and uh, <laughs> let me guess, the uh, the person across you on the train just farted. I bet. Nah. <laughs> I'm sorry, after such a serious mood, I gotta add a little bit of levity, honestly. <laughs> But I really, really appreciate you guys, you know? Honestly, I think that uh, in terms of... uh, I think it's an interesting line to go to uh, think about mental health and film Twitter. You know, there's plenty of positive channels, but then there'll be an argument. Like, uh, if two people disagree on a filmmaker and a controversy about a filmmaker, one will have an ad hominem attack on the other one, and I just don't think that's right, personally. You know, I've, I've received that, but... Only about once or twice, you know? Maybe just once. I I won't say what, I won't say who. I actually forgot who because I blocked them because they were just being abusive, you know? But yeah, social media can be a really good place. As I said in one of the last episodes, I think it was the last episode that I did, uh, you know, it can be a really good place. It can be a really good community. You can find people across the world like Zach and Tessa and Liz and... uh, even people in Australia like uh, Harris, you know. I'm grateful for absolutely everybody, you know. I know I'm sounding preachy as hell when I say that, but I really am grateful and I want you to know that, okay? Everything I do is from the heart. Everything I do is for the little fan base that I have. It says I average about five listeners. That might be wrong, that might be right. I think it's about 99% right, but yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I almost feel like I'm talking to a shrink to, like, cheer myself up. They're thinking, how's your day, George? And I'm thinking that's good. Oh, actually, yeah. I'm losing my train of thought again, but, uh, yeah. I think that I should talk about something else now. This is almost like a medley of things. So when am I going to title this, uh, a brief review of Schindler's List plus uh, some uh, some bonus uh, speeches. Um, I'll think about the title a bit later, but uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, this isn't a disability unless you're on the low end, but I, I have a feeling that since I'm going to open up to you guys, in fact, I'll call it uh, Schindler's List and uh, I'll call this podcast Schindler's List and uh, uh, a bonus diary, you know, I... Maybe. Again, I'll think about the title later. But I have a... I think that I should talk about how it's like to have autism. Now, I think I've mentioned this before in a really early episode, Autism in Film, and I mentioned, like, uh, Rain Man and Adam and My Name is Khan, all of which are actually pretty good. But, yeah, 
I think that I should mention, uh, you know, how autism makes me see things. Now, a lot of you may be saying, you know, uh, uh, what, what, what exactly is autism and what do you mean a spectrum? Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start by saying a spectrum, uh, you have, in case you don't know, there's the low end where, uh, you have like the lowest end is where people are completely nonverbal. There's sort of, uh, a, it's like a bit higher where they can speak, but they're not like super, super intelligent. Some people, uh, well, Rain Man was a good representation for its time. I'm sure there are some people like that, maybe, but I'm not for sure. So don't quote me on that. Uh, yeah, but personally I fall under the high functioning autism umbrella and yeah, I think that uh, autism's really helped me do what I do. And, you know, before before you uh, before you shut this off on me, before you say, uh, no, okay, I have more faith in you than that, actually. You're not going to shut it off on me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, I just get a, I don't know, for some reason, truth be told, I get a little bit nervous that sometimes people won't have an interest in what I say. I, I want to constantly stay engaging, you know? This this hasn't even been too much about movies. I mean, I've tried it to make it be, but it's sort of a looser flowing thing now. But okay, my autism allows me to have a very special interest and a very special set of skills, skills of which I have acquired over many years. <laughs> and I also slip movie references into casual conversation. <laughs> Just like uh, Lucy, I'm sure that uh, you love slipping in Monty Python references <laughs> into conversations. <laughs> well, at least I've uh, I've read that. But you know, Whew. I think that uh, autism is very underappreciated. Some people just don't really understand autism, and I just want to say it's. My father always described it as a superpower, and he always described it as you know like some sometimes I, well, yeah, superpower. Well, in my opinion, sometimes I have a few weaknesses, like, you know, you'll notice in person that most of the time I can't make eye contact. It makes me feel like I'm being stabbed. Uh, those other things, like, uh, there's an episode of Smallville, I believe, where the bell's ringing super loud, but Clark is, like, super hearing, so it goes ring, 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 and, uh, it uh, just absolutely pierces his ears. You know, certain really loud noises can do that to you when you're autistic. Um, I have to wear uh, sound-cancelling uh, earplugs. No, not quite earplugs, but earmuffs at cinemas and live events. Cinemas sometimes are actually pretty good with things, but when it gets louder, you know, like explosions and stuff, that's when I have to put them on. Something like Little Women, I think that's okay without headphones. It's mostly just calming music and... Uh, people talking about stuff, you know? Hmm. But I, I enjoy the cinema experience. I feel like the cinema is a second home to me, you know? And I have a, I think that I don't want to be defined by my autism. I just feel like I should explain it because again, I want to be open with you guys, you know? I used to keep my autism a secret for such a long time because people had mocked me for it. But then, you know, um, I, uh, I've actually helped an autism-related charity here in Australia, yeah, which is uh, really good, actually. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I really, really hope you guys uh, are still here after all this uh, rambling. 
yes, I, I have faith that people are still here. It's just, again, this is more rambling, this is more experimental. Uh, yeah. But, hmm. I'm, I think that, uh, you know, everyone has creative bones in their body, definitely. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, I, no, I don't know how to explain this really, you know? As long as, basically, as long as neurotypical people and autistic people can get along just fine, um, which, you know, most of us can. I mean, there are some people out there who will still, like, mock me or something, but I haven't met one in a long time, so there it is. You know, there are people who will say, uh, Asperger's or Asperger's in an attempt to mock me, but no, no, I will not take that shit. I've, I've, I've just gone past that now, you know? the collective is a collective of peace, really, you know, and I really just wanted to get kind of, not preachy, but, you know, I better just, uh, I better just end it here, if you want me to do it a Q&A or something like that, if you want to ask me questions on Twitter, not that anyone even, you know, leaves questions or many uh, tweets. There are a few tweets mainly saying, yes, thank you for the shout outs, which is all fine and well, but I really wish I could make things more interactive. And yeah, you know, um, I think that part of my, uh, part of my just anxiety is that, you know, whatever I put out into the world, I wonder if anyone's going to accept it. I wonder if anyone's going to see it. I wonder if anyone's going to, you know, care. And I'm sure there are people who do care. There are people who listen all the time. But there are moments where I, there are moments where I doubt myself, you know, where I don't have full confidence in myself, you know. But you know, I I really, I cannot overstate enough how grateful I am for every one of you. Okay, I know I've said that so many times by now, but yeah, you know, and it's not just me. I hope you guys are okay too. Uh, you know, I really think that life is worth living because, you know, if, if I, if I decided to quit life, then how would I be here doing this podcast and inspiring you? Hmm? How? And if, if you guys decided to quit life, any of you, then how many people would miss you? So many family, friends, just everybody, you know, you are more special than you realize. And that is part of my whole core drive for this podcast. I want you to wake up. I want you to smell the roses. I want your senses to be heightened. You know, you can, you can have something like a project you're working on, a real sense of purpose. And sure, you'll still feel down sometimes, especially if you have depression like I do. Uh, but yeah, sometimes the depression's worse than others. You know, depression, depression can hurt like a motherfucker, you know? <sighs> and I know some people have definitely been there, but you know, save yourselves. Stay on this earth for me, okay? Because I have faith in every one of you. That's why I say my ending message, you know? And yeah, I just wanted to end with a life-affirming thing, particularly considering how Schindler's List made me you know, think about life and how lucky we are and uh, that we should never forget history, ever. And I am so grateful for that film, you know? I, I, I took life mostly for granted until this film. It has changed me legitimately. So yeah, for that, I gave Schindler's List a 5 out of 5. All right? A 10 out of 10, an A+, whatever you want to call it. 
but yeah. So, yeah, since my outro is more motivational and it can fit with serious tone, I'm going to say it anyway. And especially now that I've just sent a life-affirming message, we need your voice because you can help change things for the better.